Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Cup of Joe with Halo Joe. You're listening to the Halos in the Infield podcast. Brought to you in part by Noble Ale Works, just outside of Angel Stadium and the Honda Center, where you can get a drink specials just by mentioning Halos in the infield. Also brought to you in part by 714 Tickets. Fernando, say it with me. 714 Tickets. 714 Tickets. (laughs) Is the place to go to get 10% off at any ticket purchase just by also, also mentioning Halos in the infield. Fernando, how are you? Uh, I am well, Joe. Thanks for doing this, uh, and thanks for inviting me on to Cup of Joe. Oh, you're uh, but I have to know, what kind of Joe are we drinking? Is it like some good quality Joe? Or are we talking about Joe, a Cup of Joe from like the, the mobile gas station for about 99 cents? Oh, no, that's 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 uh, mobile Joe. That's when I'm out, <laughs> out on the streets there. No, I'm here with okay. the good stuff. I have the full The good stuff in this economy? <laughs> yeah, in this economy, I have the Folgers Black Silk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Last week it was the Maxwell House, but uh, yeah, with fair. with a little bit of uh, caramel macchiato creamer in there. Hey, I'm a big caramel macchiato guy. What's your What's your go to coffee? Like, uh, you know, if you're going somewhere with the family, and it's, you know, it's like a actual coffee shop. You know, like the the Dunkins, the Starbucks, the coffee houses. What's your favorite? Favorite, and I think the absolute best coffee I've ever tasted is Pete's coffee. Okay. Okay. I, I've never been at Pete's heard of now, it. The, the French roast. That's, that's the one that, that's the one that gets me going. Okay. My girlfriend's really into PJ's coffee right now. Have you been there? PJ's? Where's that? It's a new Orleans style coffee. I don't know if they go out all the way to California, but they do have them in uh, the DFW portion of Texas. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, we're, this we're this, we're starting a series here with uh, uh, pretty much a get to know your halos in the infield for those who have just joined us for this upcoming season and for those of you who've been with us as well for a while but just want to get a little closer to your lovable characters here at Halos in the infield. We're going to start this episode off with the great Fernando Thurston Mendez. Fernando, hi. Uh, so you've uh, you, you live in Texas. We've been saying that. What, what's uh, what's what's the uh, the reason for Texas? Where did you grow up exactly? So I grew up in a small town in Central California. Probably had about two thousand three hundred people. Uh, wow. It's a town called Early Mart. Um, it's probably about forty five minutes north of Bakersfield, and that's where I grew up. We moved oh. to San Diego when I was six. Lived in San Diego for about twenty years. After San Diego, moved with my then girlfriend at the time. Turned into my wife, now ex-wife. <laughs> moved to uh, Orange forward. County. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, moved to Orange County, uh, and then I had to move out here for work about two and a half years ago. Two and a half, and then and hence the Lone Star Halo, correct? The Lone Star Halo was born under a freeway overpass during a tornado strike. Wow, I always thought you named yourself that because of your struggles 
uh, for independence when you were pulling away from Mexico. That's not, <laughs> there you that's go. not how it worked out. The, I should have been like the, the, the six flag halo, you know what I mean? For the there six flags that have flown over Texas. <laughs> so you're how old, Fernando? I'm uh, just turned 29. 29. Gosh, I don't even remember when I was 29. <laughs> that could be a good or a bad thing. That, it's a bad thing. I'm trying to remember okay. when I was 29. What the hell was I doing? I was probably doing nothing. Was you, wow. <laughs> Was it a forgettable time? I mean, yeah, it, uh, obviously, no, I just, you don't remember. Yeah, I'll tell anything from five years ago down. I've just everything's a forgettable time. Just That's lost everything. I'm calling people by different names. I'm forgetting where I'm walking. Stuff like that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Uh, I think Alzheimer's is setting in pretty quickly. Well, you and Artie uh, both. <laughs> so you grew up in California, pretty much the central southern part of California. Yes. Obviously, you, or you could have gone the Padre way, I guess. But uh, but you went with the Angels. What was it that made you an Angels fan? So the Angels were always number two when I was growing up. Um, now I they was... play like number two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the good kind of number two either. Not the oh, solid no. kind. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking like they're peeing out their butthole kind of number two. Yeah, it's not uh, even that good bowel movement. It's that, yeah. it's that thorny, painful one that just yeah. lingers for a while. It's like what happens if you eat Arby's too much. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll say I grew up a Padres fan uh, because that was the accessible team. The Angels were always kind of that sexy team I couldn't have because, you know, get, convincing my dad to drive 90 minutes – for a baseball team that was 30 minutes down the road, he was like, why? Why would we go watch the Angels? We can watch the Padres. So I wasn't really able to watch Angels games. Sometimes, if I was lucky, I can convince my mom to turn on the radio and we can listen to Angels broadcasts because you can get a very fuzzy radio broadcast uh, from your boy Terry Smith from San Diego. <laughs> so um, we did used to do that, and I would listen to Angels games that way. Um, I did finally convince my dad to go to an Angels game in 2005. Uh, we went to go watch Bartolo Colon pitch. Wow, that was your went, first Angels game, right? In person. In, in person. person, yes. Yes, person. you know, obviously I'd watched, you know, I watched the World Series team because, you know, I, I, it's the World Series, of course, you know. Um, and <clears> I'd watch some games that were nationally televised. But um, for me, I, I just fell in love with the Angels. I fell in love with the product. I fell in love with the fact that they were perennial winners while I was growing up. The yes. Padres were not. The Padres were the team that they, they drafted guys, they developed guys, and they would trade them. Yeah. The Angels would keep said guys. They would develop those guys like the Jared Weavers, the Garrett Andersons, the, the uh, Tim Salmons. You can go down the list about 10 years ago and beyond for guys that they properly developed. Meanwhile, yeah, they built the from within. Exactly. Meanwhile, the Padres like, oh, we have Adrian Gonzalez. We're going to trade him to the Red Sox. We have Jake Peavy. We're going to trade him to the White Sox. And that wow. was just always such a turnoff for me. Plus, going down to Petco Park, it was too much of a casual atmosphere. You went there. Nobody gave a damn about the game. And I don't know if you ever got to go to Petco Park back in its early days from 2004 on. Um, nobody cared. There was nobody wearing Padres stuff. It was typically 90% of the away fans. It was Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, you know, et cetera, fans. And then you'd have, you know, two to 5,000 Padres fans. And that was the attendance. You wow. know, you'd get twelve to 15,000 on a Tuesday in September. You know, nobody's going. And then I remember going to an Angels game in 2005. And, I mean, the place was jam-packed. 
you know, and obviously that's when the Angels were still getting started with their run because they won in 2002, floundered a little bit there in the early Artie days, and then 2005 is when they really started to get their footing in. So I really got to see the groundwork and the foundation of a successful Angels run. Um, so I kind of fell in love with the team back then. And then um, 2014 rolled around and Fernando was a little older now. I was, um, what, 19 <laughs> at the time. So um, I got season tickets and I had season tickets for the Angels for about five years. And about 50 times a year, Joe, I would drive up a friend and I or, a, you know, a date and I, and we would drive up 90 minutes to go to Angel Stadium. And then we'd drive 90 minutes back. How was that sight driving up to see that big, beautiful, big A? <laughs> I fell in love with Angel Stadium for what it was. Once again, even in 2014, 15, 16, 17, the fans were still there. Now yeah. they've kind of started to taper off a little bit. But one thing I've always loved about Angel Stadium, no, the fans aren't very loud. You know, a lot of fans got mad at Keenan Middleton for being honest a couple of years ago and being like, oh, the 2020 season was as loud as I've ever heard the ballpark with the piped in noise. Yeah. But real Angels fans will acknowledge, you know what? He's not wrong. Put the hate aside for a second. It's very accurate. Angels fans are notoriously quiet. But they always show up. They always wear their team's gear. And that's what I loved about the organization and the atmosphere. So, yeah, you know what? I did fall in love with seeing the big A in the parking lot. I fell in love with the history of the <clears> ballpark. <throat> I mean, I've been at 18 Major League Baseball stadiums. And if the walls of the big A could talk, they would have some of the best stories in Major League Baseball to tell. I firmly believe that. Yeah, that's a stadium I grew up in. I remember it. Uh, well, I was there when the big A was in the outfield. But uh, I was a little too young to remember that. But I do remember it enclosed when the Rams played there. And I used to love a uh, story I always share is I used to love um, at the end of the game, we get our Coke cups after we're done drinking them and take the lid off, turn them upside down, put them on the floor and you stomp on them. And it made this pop sound that echoed around the whole stadium. And, you know, my mother be slapping me in the back of the head telling me to stop but i love that when i used to go so I, I i myself grew up there uh from from what i can remember the early 80s i know there's there's photographic proof of me being there as an infant <laughs> but there but i but i was uh but aware probably from the early 80s on and yeah just seeing a lot of great teams a lot of great players um and then seeing it change too in the mid to late 90s Everything started, they started painting the big A green and <laughs> all these weird things started happening. Big old helmets in the, in the front of the stadium. But yeah, yeah. I'd say same thing, you know, just, I, I just love that stadium. I loved being in there. I loved walking up, running down the ramps. I just love that. And what I liked about it too, is it's not, it's not an enclosed stadium. It's very airy, open. Of course. You know, you're walking outside. You feel like you're outside. It, it's just nice. I mean, we always have great weather, so it's a perfect place. And I love that place to watch baseball in. But what was, your what was your favorite Angels team out of all the teams you've seen or you've experienced that you've experienced, not going back in memory lane and on YouTube or anything like that, but your favorite team that you've ever watched and thought, oh, man, this is it. Oh, boy, what a team. For me, it's probably the 2017 Angels. And that team was just a day short and a dollar late. You had Mike Trout getting hurt. Um, I, was that the year that he slid into the second base I think so. against the Astros? I think so. 
And then he started wearing that oven mitt on his hand. Yeah. You had Cameron <laughs> Mabin playing left field. And Cameron Mabin was a guy who I loved watching. I watched him play in San Diego. I remember the hype around him just kind of never materialized as that star. People thought mm -hmm. he was going to be a Mike Trout-esque kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Five-tool guy. Never pound out, uh, panned out as that. But he did pan out to be a solid to average outfielder. And I really loved him in left field that year. And he was really the heart and soul of that team. Because if you look, when they got rid of him and he went to Houston and the Angels got Justin Upton, something clearly shifted because that's when the team stopped being productive. Mm -hmm. Eric Young Jr. did great that year. <clears throat> he replaced Mike Trout. And dare I say, he was Mike Trout mm -hmm. while Mike Trout was hurt. Um, Parker Bridwell, that's a name you probably haven't heard in a while, did great <laughs> that year as a pitcher. There was a lot of stuff to be excited about. Blake Parker was a great bullpen on. Andrelton Simmons was the Simba that we know and love. It was yeah. a great year. And it's it does always make me intrigued to think how much different things would have been if Trout may have been injured maybe a week or two less. Yeah. Did you think – was that, is that the last exciting team you think? Since I mean, since from what we're going through now, you think that was the last? That, that was the last year, wouldn't you say? The last year the Angels were truly competitive was 2020, right? It came down to the last yeah. three games of the year, but once again, that that's kind of a, a throwaway season. Yeah. Besides that, yeah, 2017 was really it. You could say 2015 came down to the last game of the year, mm -hmm. and that probably would have been option number two for me. I like both of those teams more than I like the 2014 team. The 2014 team was great, obviously, right? They were the best Angels team we've seen in 10 years record-wise, but they weren't a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they had Josh Hamilton, who was injured. They had Pujols, who at that time was still an exciting player. Yeah, he obviously still had the plantar fasciitis and wasn't the Pujols we expected, but he was still a solid player. Trout obviously got his first MVP. Garrett Richards was good. Matt Shoemaker was good. But at the end of the day, like, they didn't have too many come-from-behind victories the team kind of started to fall flat on their face after Garrett Richards got hurt. They got lucky to have the best record. And was it baseball or the American League? Uh, I don't Is it baseball, right? I think it was, yeah, I think so, yeah. They won 99 games that year. Um, but the 17 team was just fun to watch. They had a lot of comebacks. They were called the Comeback Kids by Victor mm -hmm. Rojas at that time. So um, they were they were just a fun team. Like I said, yep. there were a bunch of guys who stepped up who you weren't expecting, like Eric Young Jr., 2017 by far, most fun team I've gotten to watch. Truly, truly watch. Because like I said, I had season tickets. Yeah. So turn the clock back just a bit. You meet um, a Mr. Todd Fox. Now the story goes, you guys were in a club together and you both fought over the same girl. Is that true? Uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, so done. Halo's in the infield The name, the way it started, how it uh, came up how did, how did you guys come up with that? So the name was completely on Todd I will definitely give him that um, He used to be part of another page um, I don't know if we uh, If we say it or not I mean, I'll, I'll give him a to. free shot uh, Okay, okay So he started off with another page And him and I were doing that With uh, one of his, uh, I don't know if they're still friends Former friend, current friend, I don't know And um I was on an episode with them, an episode where he convinced, uh, coincidentally met his fiance. So good day for Todd, right? He met me and he met her on the same day. Um, 
And uh, we did that. We did another episode together. And then all of a sudden he and this other dude had a fallen out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I got some bad news. Um, you know, we're not doing that podcast anymore, but I'm starting my own podcast. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, of course. So I had had a Padres podcast with Andrew. And uh, Andrew Ciccarelli, he's been on a couple of times with us. He is technically part of the Hitty Umbrella. He's more of the behind the scenes kind of cat. Um, him and I were doing a Padres podcast. And um, I decided to start a Padres podcast in 2019, actually on Halloween. And the reason for that was because there was a lot of angels podcasts at the time. Mm-hmm. I went on, you know, podcast app on uh, Apple and there was a ton and ton of ton of options. And then I typed in San Diego Padres and there was only one. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not a giant Padres fan. I don't keep up with the team too much, but I know enough about the team. And I know, <laughs> I know enough about their history where I'm going to do it. Went on Reddit. I was like, Hey, I'm looking for a co-host. Andrew stepped up and we did that for about a year. And after that, it was called the Padres Mission Podcast, and then it turned into the SoCal Baseball Podcast, where mm-hmm. I covered the Angels, he covered the Padres, and then we got somebody else to cover the Dodgers. The Dodger guy uh, wasn't doing too hot. He was very boring, so we kind of got rid of him. Was it him or the team? Uh, it was definitely him. <laughs> uh, he just he was an entertaining dude, knew his baseball, but sometimes you know th- those don't mix, right? You can know your baseball and just be boring. Yeah. And this guy, it was like listening to paint dry. So um, got rid of him. And then that's when uh, we kind of just went back to Angels, Padres, and we would just kind of both cover the Dodgers. And that's when Todd Fox came knocking. And uh, fast forward basically three seasons later, and here we are. Still doing it. Very nice. Uh, did you ever play, Fernando? Sorry. As I told you off air, and I'm sick, so cough attack just hit. I did play, played baseball for quite a few years. Um, obviously, wasn't good enough as I got older. Uh, I did luck into a couple of major league um, opportunities. I had two tryouts with the Atlanta Braves. <clears throat> One was in uh, Fullerton. Um, I forgot what the old stadium was. It's where the Flyers used to play. Oh, I believe fl- Phil no. Nevin used to manage the Fullerton Flyers, and Ricky Henderson played for them. Mm, okay. So I, it was there like Amridge Park or something like that, Amridge Field maybe. Um, and then I had one in Poway. And then I had a close tryout with the uh, Diamondbacks in uh, Riverside at, um, I forgot the name, La Sierra or something like that, University. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously those worked out, which is why I'm now talking baseball and I do pest control for work. Um I always tell people that. <laughs> oh, how people are always like, how'd they go? And I'm like, oh, they went so well. That's why I'm doing all this. <laughs> who's your uh, out of all the baseball you've been watching with the Angels? Who's your who would you say is your all time favorite player? That guy right there, Anderson Simmons. Always loved watching him play. Simmons, yep. Fun to watch. Always had his uh, his head down, nose to the cobblestone type of guy. Um, I know a lot of people got mad at him for the way he exited the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. You know, I always kind of reserved a little bit of judgment with him um, just because I, we always knew him as a grinder. Something told me, you know what, if this guy's given up, quote unquote, it's got to be for something. Uh, lo and behold, 2021, when he went to the Twins, we found out that he considered suicide because of the whole pandemic and the toll was taken on him. And the yeah. Eagles players had to go into that bubble because they were close to making the playoffs. So anybody who was going to be a playoff team had to be in a quarantine bubble for 
I think five days before the bubble. Um, because that was the only thing the MLB had. They had the, the much like the NBA, they did have a playoff bubble, but it was only for the playoffs. Mm. But um, yeah, I loved watching Simmons. I loved his defense. Best defensive player I've ever seen in my in my lifetime. Great hitter as well as an angel, not as a twin, not as a cub, a little bit as a brave, but as an angel, man, he was a, he's exactly what we needed. And it's a shame we could never get him to the playoffs. People always throw Mike Trout out there, but Simmons would have been another good guy to see out there. Yeah. There's a lot of guys on that list that it's a shame they never got to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Cole, I mean, team. Cole Calhoun made it in 2014, <clears throat> but uh, he would have been fun to watch too. Another guy, Calhoun was another one of my favorite angels. Same thing. Worked yeah. hard all the time. They put him on the Phantom IL in uh, 2019. Coincidentally, while he was hurt, he redid his swing and he came back hot. So, uh, you know, he was another guy who was fun to watch. Loved watching him. Yeah. Any any historical angels you were ever interested in or looked into and were fascinated by? Yeah. So my all-time favorite player um, that I never got to watch play is Nolan Ryan. No. A little bit before my time. I do have a Nolan Ryan jersey. I don't have a single Nolan Ryan autograph. And you know me, I'm a big autograph collector. Yeah. That is the cream of the, 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 the crop, top of my list. I want to get his autograph before he dies. I don't want to be morbid. I'm simply saying like most <laughs> of the autographs I have here, I got by hand. And I know I can go on eBay and buy a Nolan Ryan autograph for a hundred bucks, but I want to get it in person. Exactly. You know, I don't get starstruck very often. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I ever got starstruck. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a hot shot, but I've gotten to meet enough childhood heroes by now that I don't really care. Hey, Mike Trout, sign this ball. Hey, Nolan Ryan, sign this ball. <clears throat> Nolan Ryan might be one that I could maybe see myself for about a split second being like, oh, my God, that's Nolan Ryan. But um, the other guy yeah. is John Cena. So, <laughs> so hey, Nolan and now Ryan, I can he, get he, him on a ball because yeah. John Cena now played for the Bananas. Oh, there you go. <laughs> to, uh, uh... Nolan Ryan lives out in Texas, doesn't he? Or am I wrong on that? Yeah, he lives somewhere out here. I don't know where. I mean, Texas is obviously a massive state, much like California. So it's like, oh, I live. I, I don't know if you ever got this, but you get those people who are like, oh, you live in California? Where do you live? Oh, I live in, I live in you know, Anaheim. People are like, where's that? I live near Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The do you know? <laughs> do you know Todd Fox? And you're like, bro, it's such a big state. I don't know. You know what I mean? Do you ever get that? I get it all the time. Yeah, I've gotten that all the time. Oh, you live in yeah. even like oh, you live in San Diego. Do you know, you know, do you know Halo Joe? And I'm like, it's such a goddamn big city. No, I don't know him. <laughs> well, it's different over over there. You're like, hey, do you know Fred from Cutting Cutting Shoot, Texas, or or what's that yeah. one called? Jotting Down. <laughs> these strange little town names, and they're like, yeah, I know Fred. He lives on the corner by the oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> he lives uh he lives about 45 seconds away from the quick trip out there huh yeah <laughs> so you've been out there for two for for two years you said right correct yeah two and a half okay years. This is, everyone wants to know are you carrying no no <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one i always joke with my girlfriend that I, we're dead ducks out here we need to get one. Oh well, boy yeah time. some kind of a pea shooter yeah i mean uh i i haven't really converted too much from uh california I, I don't want to. I don't want to incriminate myself, but uh, I may or may not still have a California license. <laughs> still very Californian. That's nice. Do you get? Are you, are you ever given a hard time for being Californian out there? Because from you what know, I heard, we're out there like the the like we're like locusts. 
I, you know, I get a couple people who tease me. Um, my girlfriend's family obviously gives me a hard time, but a couple of people <laughs> I've dated before I, I, I dated her uh, have also given me a hard time. But overall, everyone's pretty welcoming, especially when they find out I do pest control. Yes. Like, oh, okay, you're here to help us. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're not here to bring cold brew coffee. Yeah. <laughs> cold brew <laughs> coffee and uh, and kitty cafes. Great. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Nice. And and you're not there to give Botox injections either. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I would love to do that, actually. I wonder how that would turn out. <laughs> hey, Ezekiel, I think you look a lot better with fuller lips. Come closer. Yeah, right. Maybe we, maybe Todd could be my first client. All right, Todd, don't move. <laughs> this is for the views. This is for this is for the Halos and the infield only fans. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Last question for the night. For the night, uh, what do you what do you expect for this season of the Angels, and what do the fans of Halos in the infield have in store for us? Well, the fans of ours have <clears throat> a lot of content, right? I mean. Um, we're as committed as possible to pumping out five episodes a week, maybe more. Obviously, a couple times it's going to be less. We've been pretty good so far. So if you want Halos in the infield content or just Angels in general, you have one other podcast that has daily episodes. And um, <laughs> you obviously now have us that are going to try to do the same thing. Um, we're obviously on a new network this year. We've kind of always made it a point to own our own network because we wanted to do what we say, uh, do, uh, do what we want to do, say what we want to mm -hmm. say. Fortunately, the partners we have are not in the state-run media business, much like the Angels. Um, yeah. yeah, Artie Moreno, uh, King Jong Un, same guy. Who knows? I've never seen him in the same room. Um, so, but luckily, the new network lets us say whatever we want. Uh, so it, it was a match made in heaven. Um, yeah. and, and as far as Angels baseball, I'm excited this year. A to just watch baseball. I love baseball. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, you guys need to stop supporting Artie, stop giving him your money. You know, I don't go to Anaheim often anymore. So when I do, I'm going to go to the Big A gift shop. I'm going to be underwhelmed by this selection, and I'm going to buy a couple things. That's just, that's just what's going to happen. I'm just excited to see these young guys and what they can do. Um, I've been on record multiple times that I want them to go all in on a rebuild. We're not going all in on a rebuild. I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, this is the rebuild. What are you talking about? It's a quiet rebuild. There's no such thing as a quiet, a quiet rebuild. rebuild. Yeah. There's no such thing as a quiet rebuild. You're either rebuilding <laughs> yeah, or you're not. I don't, think, I don't think I've ever seen that before, but okay. Exactly. Yeah. The Angels are have like one foot in, <clears throat> one foot out, like normal, right? They mm -hmm. didn't make any big splashes, and I'm okay with that. But they also didn't make any big losses besides Shohei Otani, who walked away himself at free agency. They didn't trade anybody. They didn't lose any pieces. So that's why I hesitate to call this a full rebuild. And if this is a full rebuild, you don't have any long-term pieces. You have Logan Ohapi, you have Zach Neto, and you have Sham Wow, Nolan mm -hmm. Shanuel at first base. That's it. You don't have too many other long-term pieces. And you have obviously yeah. Mike Trout. That doesn't count because you know he's a he's a veteran at this point. Yeah. Um. The third base, you have Rendon for three more years, but he's you know more wishy-washy than um, uh, God. Well, than uh, Angelina Jolie. And uh, picking a husband. <laughs> we have uh, Taylor Ward, who doesn't have too much control left. You have Joe Adele, same thing, doesn't have too much control left. Yeah. So with that being said, Mickey Moniak might be your only other guy who's here for the long haul. So, you know, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Demers, those guys don't have too much control left. We're talking about two or three years. 
you know, those aren't franchise cornerstone pieces like Neto, Ohapi, and Shenuel are. So, but I'm excited to watch the kids play. Are you? Yeah, I'm excited for the kids to play too. I want to see what they could do. Uh, who emerges as a as a, a more of a? I, I want to see a more vocal leader in the yeah. clubhouse. Uh, I'm not sure if I mean, people say that Trout is a, is more. Uh, here's that word again: quiet. A quiet leader <laughs> leads by example. But uh, I really would like to see somebody, one of these young guys, step up and start taking charge. Like you know, come on, guys, get them fired up. Not not standing there with a some kind of a stupid hat to wear after someone hits a home run, but to be there yelling at them. And I'm okay with that up. for the record. I'm okay with the stupid hats. I mean, you know, you got to have fun in baseball. I've got what, no what kind of hat should we use this year then? Let's see. We use the cowboy hat. We use the the Kaboto. Um, I don't know. Safari man. hats. There's, I mean. <laughs> well, what hasn't been done? That's what I'm trying to think. They're, they've got to do like a full angel costume. You know, there like you the angels in the outfield. Because that's really what made me an angels fan. That movie. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if, I, I'm sure you've seen it, right? You've seen angels in the outfield? Oh, yeah. Just the, the uh Oscar award-winning performance by by Danny Glover. Yeah, not the what was the original Angels in the Outfield in the sixties. The, the uh, there was one in the sixties, yes, but the, I, I never watched. You're talking one. about the nineties one, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's I, with, did uh, you watch the sixty one? You know, what? I don't know if I did see that or not. Now that I think about I, I it. I yeah, I got to check it out actually. Yeah, but there was we'll a, there watch was... it on freaking black and white film. We're gonna have to have Todd crank it with his hand, or yeah. the film will start going. We'll have to get the hamster. We can make a sequel, uh, like a proper sequel, to Halos in the uh, Angels in the Outfield. They I did. It was called Angels in the Infield with uh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, we could we, we could call some uh, some uh, some ex actors to come in and help us out too. That'd be pretty good. Hey, real quick before we take off, sure. We're talking about the Holy Grail of collectibles. Okay. What is your prize possession in your collection? We know you have a pretty hefty collection there. Uh, what is I your do. Pri- the entire house? God forbid, starts to burn down. What are you going to grab and take off with? Okay, so I've already had this discussion with my girlfriend. First things first, <laughs> you get the dogs. We have three of them. Okay. And then, obviously, you know, she's got to make sure she's going to be safe. If she has enough time, she knows there's three items that she needs to save if she can. <laughs> Number one, the Albert Pujol sign helmet. Okay. She needs to save the Albert Pujol sign helmet with the commemorative 600th ticket from when wow. I was there when he got the 600th home run. Wow. Okay, so that's priority number one. Priority number two, I have four Mike Trout signed baseballs. I have five, but, you know, because of the uh, the giveaway, I have four. Gave now. one away, yeah. So um, she has to save one of them. There's two of them that are here in my special, like, case uh, where I have, like, my real, real prize possessions in that one. So she has to save one of those at least. So that's two. And then number three is always where it gets kind of hard. Either save the Tebow jersey or save the signed Simmons and Calhoun jerseys. Wow. But like, you know, whenever I'm giving people a tour of my room, the the, the holy grail is always that Albert Pool sign helmet because, you know, he didn't sign very often. That's a nice one to grab too because you can kind of just grab it and put it on as you're running out of the house. Oh, it is in a case, everywhere. but yes. <laughs> well, you got to break the case first. Yeah, I don't have much of a collector. I, I have one. I have a Bobby Gritch signed baseball. And I love that thing, but that's basically I, all I got. I don't think I have a Bobby Gritch. He, I have I have quite a few with my parents uh, at my parents' house in my old closet. But um, I know I have a couple of Clyde Wrights up there. But um, I don't oh, have nice. a Bobby Gritch. Clyde Wrights, nice. Well, hey, Fernando, always good talking to you. 
hopefully the fans get a little better idea of who you are. Your your criminal past. We didn't really get into that because that's not important. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, uh, on uh, your development as an Angels player, and also on how you guys got Halos in the infield started and going, and we appreciate you and the other guys as well. And thank you for coming on Cup of Joe. Thank you for being the best darn uh, softball umpire that we could find. Oh man, that was an embarrassing display, wasn't it? For Todd, a little bit. Yeah, I'm just glad he owned up to it. <laughs> hey, and thanks for that. Episode. And thanks for that 20 spot you gave me to call the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I went right up to Todd and I was like, at that last inning, I was like, can we just hit and then you guys hit and we'll call it? And he was like, yes. Hey, I First think they scored like two runs at the very end. There was like, what, like 20 something to three? There was a spark going, but it was good to end it there. You didn't want them to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I started to, to pitch, that's kind of when they came back the last inning. And I yeah. used the term came back very loosely. Like I said, it was my team had like 20 something and they ended up with three. So yeah, it was a big, yeah, there was a big gap there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Fernando, thank you so much. You have yourself a good night and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody. And thank you, Joe. Take care.